Welcome to the pod pod. We are doing the Adelaide Crows and our team preview and it's time for that naughty little drop. There it is. There it is, Stato. You're a huge fan of these preseason music songs. You can't stop your little giggling at the top of the show, but it's great to have the listeners back on deck for the Adelaide Crows fantasy preview. Stato, five-time top 100 finisher. We've got Harmy, two-time top 10 finisher, and the Louie, the OG of the pod pod here. We've no homesy on this one, but uh, we will soldier on and we'll get into our Crows team preview. Without further ado, I'm going to get into the team numbers as we have been doing. Finish 10th on the ladder, fourth for AFL Fantasy Scoring. Plenty of relevance for the Crows last year. The third youngest team in the AFL in 2023 as well, just above Frio and Hawthorne. So one of the better performing teams um, of the young brigade there. They were fourth for inside 50s, second for contested marks, first for marks on lead, number one for shots on goal. They had a lot of good stats about them last year, the Crows, including third for clearances, number one for tackles, number one for ruck contests. A high stoppage team were the Crows. The problem they had, third last for intercept marks. They were below average for one-on-one win percentage in the D50 as well. But Stato, for me, I don't know, like looking at the stats, usually it was pretty easy to see some of the flaws based on stats. But I I struggled a little bit with the Crows to see where they do need improvement aside from that um, little bit in the defensive 50. Oh, look, at the end of the day, they're a young team and they were challenging for finals right up until I think the second last round. So uh, they're certainly on the way up. There's no doubts about that. It was only two or three years ago they were really struggling. So uh, young squad uh, on the rise. um, So I think they'll continue to play the model they've been playing um, and let the natural development sort of take them to new heights. Looking forward to potentially seeing them take another step up this year. Um, let's look at their trade period and see if they made any major moves. And they certainly did with their <laughs> trade-ins in the off-season, bringing in Chrissy Burgess, premiership player from the Gold Coast Suns VFL squad, coming home to Adelaide, his hometown. Chrissy Burgess, Louie, a huge in for the Crows this year. Oh, absolutely massive, mate. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he fits in that side. If you asked me three months ago before the draft, I'd be saying that he'd probably be lining up in the forward line or in defence. But uh, now that Daniel Curtin slid to uh, the Crows at, uh, I can't remember what pick it was, but uh, I think he's going to be getting opportunities early and that might just edge him out of that 22. But He's going to be one to keep a massive eye on, just being a mature age and despite being a key forward last year, still went at an 88 clip, which uh, isn't easy to do. Thank you, Lou, for those insights into Chrissy Burgess. For the new fans, I've been always actually a genuine Chrissy Burgess man through and through over the years. And I think, ironically, I compared him to Shawnee McKernan, who also had a a stint at the Crows in his career. So I reckon he'll be a fan favourite if he does get on the park. As you mentioned, though, Daniel Curtin coming across in the draft was actually a really big in as well in the trade period. 
they're outs. Tom Duday uh, heading off to the Brisbane line. So that can't certainly help their intercept marks there. But obviously you said there's a couple that came in that may do that. Shane McAdam also uh, heading off to Melbourne. I thought he was pretty handy for the Crows, but off he went. Uh, Paul Seedsman, he, he didn't play at all last year, retiring though at the end of the season due to concussion. That was a shame. He, he had a good fantasy year the year prior um, for the Crows. And then Jackson Haightley delisted, who was always on the cusp of fantasy stardom, it appeared, um, in fantasy circles, but never quite got there. Um, potentially has another chance. Still a young man, uh, probably going to be vying for a mid-season draft pick if he uh, continues and plays all right in the seconds. Let's look at the buy round, though. Another team without the opening round buy, Stato, but they do have that round 15 buy. Walk us through the decision-making process for the Crows with that buy. Always a positive when they haven't got an early buy, so um, that is good. But they have got a challenging buy for premium. So um, this buy round 15 is stacked full of premium. So you've got Adelaide, you've got Collingwood, uh, you've got Hawthorne, you've got Richmond, you've got St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs all on the same buy. So um, be careful when you're loading up. So if you've got the ones that you want to keep throughout the season, uh, you could be having a really poor round, round 15. But in that saying, the last buy is actually really good for mid-prices and rookies because you can make sure that they earn every single possible dollar until you roll over to your round 12s and 13s when you can trade them out. So, look, it, it is a bit of a tough one and getting the balance right is hugely important. Fantastic insights, as always, from our buy round expert, Stato. There's a reason he's got five top 100 finishes under his belt, a buy round expert, to say the least. All right, uh, getting into the popular picks, 10 plus percent ownership, and there's plenty for the Crows to look at here. Five players at the moment, at the time of recording, with 10 plus percent ownership. One of them here is that uh, draft day we spoke about now, Harmy. Do you have any thoughts on Daniel Curtin? He's priced at that $31,279,000 coming, coming in as a high-priced, high-draft pick. Um, he's currently 53% owned by the fantasy competition. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I guess, you know, with the rookies in the back line, um, you know, they're a bit few and far between, and he's somebody who comes in with a good reputation, um, some pretty decent... Um, scoring pedigree. So I guess people just need to make the decision whether they are comfortable to have him on field or whether it's a bench option for you. But uh, looks like he um, he's going to get a good crack at it early on in the season. So, um, yeah, I'm fairly keen at this point in time. Yeah, Waffle Colts um, fantasy numbers there. 80 fantasy points from around 20 disposals, but in the under-18 champs is when he really shone four games. Averaging nearly 24 disposals, nearly seven marks and almost five tackles, all with the point fives there. 102 fantasy points there for WA uh, during that time. So fantasy coaches pretty keen on some of those numbers. Um, we need to be mindful that those numbers were him playing as a midfielder in right. what was a pretty weak WA team. So um, we need to be careful with that. I, I think he did play a bit of senior, senior footy. Uh, and I think the averages were more around the, the 50 mark playing that key defender type role. 
Fantastic. Love having a bit of that context there, Stato, as well. Um, it's very important because the numbers do sometimes lie to us. So, yeah, he, he won't be playing midfield at Adelaide from the get-go, you'd imagine. So, good call there. And uh, the West Coast Eagles, very dis- disappointed to miss out on that pick as well. They were pretty keen to eye him off in their defensive line as well. Uh, Chrissy Burgess, we mentioned him off the top. Lou, though, price, you know, basement price, 200K, 19% ownership. I think it's pretty simple. If he is named, you just jump on board. Uh, if his name, consider it. We've got a lot of forward rookies to choose from. So Chris Burgess, unfortunately for you, Dossie, might slide to the bottom of that list. No, he's right up the top for me, mate. Uh, he'll <laughs> remain there as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Jordan Dawson, a huge year coming to the Crows. Uh, now he's already the captain, of course, priced at over $1 million Harmy. 12% owned, but um, look, do you think he can get even better? Because he only had his first year in that midfield last year. Remember, he even started the year on a halfback flank and uh, only eventually moved in there because they were desperate for some midfield. It was quite early in the season, but gee, he, he built upon strength upon strength, even popped himself a 170 plus. Could have had the game of the year had the, the umps not robbed him against the pies, mate. But uh, look, he had a massive year. Could he go bigger again? Yeah, and he was great to watch, wasn't he? Um, he had an excellent year last year. He was. So um, you would expect that he would be doing a full preseason with the midfield group uh, at the minute. So, look, it's possible. Uh, and he's got a high ceiling too. Like he put put up some really big scores. Uh, but, look, he's probably taken over from Lerd as their best midfielder. So should cop attention. Um, and I wouldn't have thought that there's much upside from the 113 that he's priced at. But, I mean, there's, it's possible that that does occur as well, Dossie. Lou reckons there's a bit of upside there. Yeah, I, I, he's probably my roughie to be the highest averaging player uh, this season. So we'll see where that lies. But few players possess the ability to go 172. And I like the round one matchup against uh, what I'm predicting to be a bit of a disorganised young sun side under Dimmer to start. Hey, Russ, I'm a how big much are you putting too. on him? Oh, I'm not a big gambler, mate, so I'm more of the each-way bet type, so I'll just put a cheeky 10 on. (laughs) Nah, I'm a a big fan as well, and I think think to your point, I remember I did a bit of research a few years ago about, you know, the the players that do go 120 or 115 plus. I can't remember what it was, but it was high time on ground. Like, the time on ground was really important in that essence, and and he's a high time on ground, high centre bounce usage player, that can, as you said, just can do do it all, hits all stat lines. And um, I, I just think I like the I, I like the fact that it was his first year in the midfield and that he is a guy that is just a competitive beast um, that I think will strive to get better and better. And 113 could just be the beginning of a of a few years stint where we see Dawson as one of the best fantasy players in the comp loop. Yeah, and he only had the uh, 27 disposal average, which is, which is up there. But uh, when I say that, I do think he's a better player than that. So potentially there's a bit of room for improvement there too. If you can bump it up to 29, you've got five, six points there. Stato, I want your thoughts on the other midfield premium at the Crows. Um, talking about some Rory Laird action priced at 109. ownership. He's just below Dawson in terms of ownership numbers, but he's done it time and time again over the years. Yeah, and I've actually got him as my number one scorer for the year. So um, didn't have the best preparation last year and was struggling a little bit early, Um, but I think uh, he's still got that game 
Uh, I think they'll keep some senior bodies uh, in that midfield while they're on the rise. The interesting one for me is Saligo. Um, I, I would love to see him some more midfield time, but if you've got Laird, Dawson, um, uh, Saligo, Crouch, Crouch um, maybe Rochelle, that there's quite a few to rotate there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who loses a bit of space. But when they were in the hunt last year and they were charging, uh, it was um, it was Rory Laird uh, that got the most time. So he had the most CBAs at the back end. So um, I, I'm hopeful, fully fit, um, that he's got some good value. Hey, Lou, so Stato reeled off a number there. Dawson, Laird, Crouch. Rochelle, who else do you see being in that um, Adelaide midfield? Oh, first of all, I think Peddler uh, and perhaps Saligo yeah. go ahead of Rochelle. Uh, Peddler's more damaging as a midfielder, I believe. I think Rochelle can put a bit more pressure on the scoreboard. Uh, I also think Rankin might have a bit to say too. He was one that was getting a bit of hype as a midfielder uh, last year in the preseason. Then he did his shoulder right before round one, never really came to fruition. He went at 2% CBA, so I can see that ticking up. It might not be much, but uh, that those are probably the players that I can see going ahead in that midfield. And Matt Crouch, I know Dossie wants to get to him, but what role do you reckon he's got? It's tough to say. Um, I think it's been done to death at this point that he did get those final six games of the season. He got that two-year contract extension, so... You do have to think that he's probably in the Crows' plans. But that being said, uh, in the previous two or three years, we've seen Matt Crouch come in, get opportunity. Uh, They keep saying they're trying to teach him how to play a different type of football, but it seems like he always uh, reverts to being a bit of a crab. So uh, it'll be be an interesting one. But he's one that I believe will start the season and he's one that you want to pop early in the season. We're not talking season long for Matt Crouch. He's not going to be a keeper. If he can go the first six weeks at a 105 clip priced at, uh, what is it, 72 or something like that or a little bit higher, uh, I think it's just uh, edging 80. So uh, potentially there's 15, 20 points upside there. Lou, I, I want to throw in a scenario. I actually think you could be right on all accounts there. I, I actually do think there's potentially scope to have some more Saligo, some more Rankin, some more Peddler. And then for Matt Crouch to play kind of a little bit similar to the way Tom Mitchell's had to evolve at Collingwood in terms of, I always thought Matt Crouch was pretty much Tom Mitchell light. Um, is there a way we just see him play low time on ground but come in for those impact possessions, get a few clearances, and then allow some of the young kids to still have that exposure as well? Uh, potentially, but if that happens, he he doesn't score. So when you look oh, at yeah, that crouch, sure. yeah. he, he needs such a high volume of pill to score. Yeah. He's got Laird in there who's going at 29 a clip. Uh, Dawson's going at 27. I, I dived into his numbers. He went 101 across the last five. He needed 31 disposals to do that, which... Uh, if you extract that out to a season-long um, scenario, then that's second, equal second in the AFL with uh, Nick Dacos, which, look, I'm not seeing Matt Crouch replicate that consistently. That being said, like I said, he only needs to do it for five or six rounds to be a worthwhile starting pick. So he's going to be one that's going to be super relevant as we look towards this preseason big time. 
All right, it was an interesting one. So he was our final of the popular picks there. Matt Crouch, the 89 average, $734,000. Only played the seven games last year, and he is at 10% ownership at the time of recording. Looking at the top three averaging players from last year, we've already touched all of them. So it was number one was Jordan Dawson with 113. Number two, Rory Laird, 109. And of course, Matt Crouch, limited games, but 89. He was the third highest averaging player for the Crows last year. Let's get into some of the pods. And we're going to be touching on some more of the players that um, we've already mentioned on the show that could be maybe getting that more midfield time or just that we're talking about as forward options in a lack of forward year. Josh Rochelle has been one of those big talking points early days. Harmy, priced at 72, we saw his pipes in an early preseason photo. They looked very impressive and it looked like he was ready to maybe take on a bit more midfield role with that thick-looking body. Yeah, no, um, I did get that picture. So thanks, Louis. He sent me that. He's all over the pictures in the preseason training there. Look, I I actually reckon, I know Lou mentioned him as being a bit of a part-time midfielder. I reckon he could be their best player and through that midfield, you know. He's quick, he's skillful, um, he's got a good kick. So, But uh, I think we're really looking at him because we are battling for uh, forwards, aren't we? So I think that's where a lot of um, fantasy coaches are sort of seeing him. Oh, no. He's, He's priced out. at 72. Um, He's back. Yeah, I'm just not 100% sure whether uh, he's got, you know, whether it can be 92. I'm sort of thinking possibly not at this point. You kind of need him to be a keeper at that price, don't you? No, moving yeah, on. Yeah, I think you do. I, I think you do. Um, it, it's just that awkward price, um, and yeah, so it, it's it's a bit tough. He was much better value, but really, it was only seven or eight rounds last year that made him really fly. And as soon as he started losing the CBAs and went forward, his scoring power just dropped. Yeah, so unfortunately, Harmy dropped out is why he has not responded there uh, to Lou as well. So we'll continue on without the great man. But um, we'll move on to Ben Keys, who lost his midfield role last year, Stato. Is there any scenario? We've talked about the, the amount of people that need to go through there. He can't get it back, can he? And, you know, $698,000. If he did, he'd be a fantastic option, though. Yeah, I, look, to me, um, Ben getting CBAs is because they have an injury on the day. Um, I, I think that's where it's land. They've got a they've got a really young squad, as we talked about before, was the third youngest. Um, they've got to back in this talent because they're going to win the premiership um, with those young playing, uh, those young players playing really sort of senior roles. So they need to take that next step up. I, I think he's still really an important role player, and I think there were games where he kicked five goals. Yeah. So. He, he can actually do duties there. He's still important to the team. He can pinch hit in the midfield when required on the day, but I don't think they have him planned to be high CBAs. He's the ultimate glue guy for, for that Crows team. Yeah. And he can fill any role they need, which um, is a detriment to his own fantasy game, unfortunately. He, yeah. he could be an absolute start in that midfield, as we saw him do just a couple of years ago. Uh, okay, Jake Salego, we just mentioned him at the – just before Lou, could you see yourself looking at starting him as a as a guy with a fair bit of upside? Six hundred and ten thousand dollars, that awkward price tag. Yeah, if he was a hundred k less, I'd I'd actually be quite interested. 
but at that 68 mark, uh, he's not going to be high up in that CBA rotation we're predicting. Uh, there's been talk of a little bit of wing time there too. So uh, I think we'll see a jump up in average. I think he will have a little mini third-year breakout. But uh, in terms of starting in classic, it's a no. In terms of getting a draft bargain, I think he might be one. Lee, I'm if, gonna, oh, if, if you actually knew he was just in CBAs, like they're talking Ollie Wines, he's just in the guts, off you go. He's a worthwhile pick. But still, he, he'll get some CBAs. He's not going to get a big block. And that's the drama and that's why Lou's spot on in saying he's going to have some uplift but probably not enough to be relevant in classic few more players here in our points of difference for the Crows. Paddy Parnell, uh, Louis, I know you, you're a little bit keen for him and seeing his price, perhaps I am too, has shown little signs of a fantasy game but didn't have a great run at it last year. He's just above that rookie price tag in the $367,000 price tag next to his name. So that's priced at around forty-four. Paddy Parnell, talk us through why you're interested in him. Oh, just a just a passing interest, mate. Within that uh, price tag includes a one and a zero, which was subbed off, so that's baked in. Outside of that, he went at one hundred seventy-seven and forty. So, I think there's a little bit of upside there. I'm not convinced that he's best twenty-two, and to be honest with you, I don't think he's a starting option unless he starts shooting the lights out in the preseason games. But I do liken him a little bit to like a Rory Atkins, a Jason Johannesson type. Uh, where if you can identify it early in that early 400k range, he has the role, jump on with a low break even. He might be one uh, in a high-scoring fantasy side that can take advantage of it because uh, there's few players who have gone 10 games and, and put up a ton. So there's definitely some scoring pedigree there, but uh, just the consistency of actually playing footy, which I'm a little bit worried about. Yeah, could see things falling if things fall his way that he could um, have one of those sort of special little breakouts. But yeah, probably wait and see on Paddy Parnell. Mitch Hinge Stato coming into the frame. Could he be an option in our defensive lines? Priced at 76. Could we see him take his game to a new level? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of talk about him for a long period of time and he's really just starting to show us what he can do. So he's been in the system. This this will be his sixth season. Obviously had a, a few at the Brisbane Lions before he went to Adelaide, but only got the one game first year in Adelaide, got the 17, an average of 60, and then got the 22, an average of 75. So there's talk of him taking the kickouts, which we know can add to that sort of score line. Um, so th- there's some... Is the type of player I think I'm going to watch in pre-season, but he's not high on my watch list um, at a price of 76. It's just a, it's just an awkward price. So um, he has got ability. He's 25. He's got everything at his feet now, but I just don't know what his ceiling is like. That is the big question. I think some of the games he's played really well. Uh, and I use 119 against North Melbourne. Uh, he scored well against Gold Coast um, and scored well in a preseason game against West Coast. They're all poor teams at the moment. So you're also popping out a 48s and low 60s. I know he got sub for 11, but he's got an excuse there. So it's a lot of 60 scores. 
Uh, there's a few in the 40s. Um, so that's a concern to me that he's still got a floor, even though he showed us a little bit of a ceiling, but just awkward price for me. I think he's got that ability to play tall too. So I think Nick Murray's... Nick Murray um, won't be there to start round one. He's done the ACL, so uh, they're relying a little bit on Josh Worrell down there. And uh, if yeah. Daniel Curtin comes in, I'm assuming he's going to play more of that unaccountable third-tall role, which might just uh, push Mitch Hinge up that pecking order, which is something I don't want a part of. Yeah. All right. I was just trying to look at the uh, the club kick-ins from last year just to see, you know, where we could. So, I guess last year he already took uh, 22% of the kick-ins by the look. So, the other player was Brody Smith, who's still well well and truly entrenched there. And then 20% was uh, Wayne Miller for his games that he played as well. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Like, if he was if he was going to be the guy taking every kick-in, you could probably see that huge, that huge bump up, but... Mm. Won't see. Um, last but not least, just another basement priced rookie uh, that to throw in the mix. Lou Zach Taylor, two hundred k. Just a, a little option for us there as a potential player. Yeah, he's shown a bit at Sandful level, and I believe he was a decent junior scorer as well. Uh, just yeah, ninety six. He, he averaged in the talent league. Yeah, there we go. So keep an eye on whether he gets games. If he does, it's not going to be through the midfield where he played his juniors and Sandful. It's probably going to be a bit of a graveyard shift in that forward line. But when you're at 200K, that's okay as well. So, yeah, just just put him down in your black book. And, and Dossie was highly rated when he got drafted, but he's one of these many players that have been drafted over the last previous years that lost a fair bit of development due to COVID. So he's part of the Victorian system. They basically t- lost two years uh, of their development through talent. So they've got to apply their trade a little bit more in the VFL unless they've got the mega-end talent. The problem with Zach is he is a midfielder come small forward. If you look at the small forward stocks in Adelaide, it is high-end talent. So he's not going to, to push unless there's injuries there. And, of course, we just talked about the midfield and the next two to come through, Saligo and Pedler, are just ahead of him. So there's that little bit of a drama of where the opportunity is. I think he's quite talented. The problem is of whether he gets the role. Great insights, guys. Appreciate you. As always, Stato, Lou and Harmy, who unfortunately dropped off a little bit mid-show there, but we got we pushed on through the remainder of the show. And that was the Adelaide AFL Fantasy Team Preview. You've been with the Pod Pod. Hope you're enjoying the show. Make sure you follow us on our socials at Pod Pod AFL wherever you go. We were on the X, formerly Twitter. We're on YouTube these days, so you can go watch the video on there. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and make sure you give us a rating on if you're listening to Spotify, Apple, all the rest of the stuff. And we'll look forward to seeing you on our next team preview show. We're getting through them, lads. We're we're gradually getting through the team preview. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. <laughs>